This is Lucy in Disguise, and you're listening to Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. All right, welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This week we have a very special guest, Lucy in Disguise. Uh, hello, Stephen. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you for being here. Uh, as always, please follow us on the social medias, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you can find our podcast where all fine, good podcasts are sold and collected. Get them there. Um, there's some weird ones I've seen our show on. So uh, you, I don't think anyone will have any trouble finding the show. Um, yeah, wow. We were going to do this a while ago, a long while ago, back in March, when you were going to play here in the cities. Yeah. And obviously, everything kind of went to hell. 2020 happened uh, and ruined all plans. But yep. you've uh, you've had a lot of uh, good stuff happening in the interim with the you know between the uh, plague and social un- unrest stuff. Um, recently, you just you obviously you sold out of your first run of your new record on uh, vinyl. Talk about that. Yeah, that uh, really kind of surprised me. Um, I had done a vinyl run with them before, and those still haven't sold out. And to my surprise, these went and like three or four hours so i was still really stoked on that um and uh yeah we're going to do a second run with them too good because i missed it me too i looked at it and i'm like because i thought the exact same thing i'm like oh you know your first run is still out there i can get that it'll be fine and then i checked back in six hours and it was gone yeah yeah i was not expecting that at all (laughs) But that's exciting. I mean, really good yeah, for you. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, it looked the the product itself looks beautiful, um, and I'm sure it's of exquisite quality as well. Uh, we could probably ask Johnny Keeper about that, how it sounds. You know, I, yeah. I have to say that like that is a good sign that you are like an important synthwave artist. Is that if you do release an album, it's either like you're either selling out right away when it drops or it's going to be available for a while. So that is a very yeah. good sign. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah. I think that's, thank you. Appreciate that. It's really cool. No problem. Um, yeah, I'm, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm excited for the second run. Cause those are going to be uh, orange with yellow splatter this time. It won't just be a uh, flat orange. I'm excited to see how fast that one sells out too. I'm going to make sure my ass gets in there exactly on the drop so I can get uh, it since uh-huh. I missed the first one. Exactly. But uh, hopefully that one goes just as Or faster, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. We'll see. Is it? Do you know if it's going to be the same run or a bigger run? Uh, that I don't know. They didn't tell me that. I'm assuming it's going to be another edition of 200. Wow. 200 records sold in like four hours. That is... Can, that's awesome i mean that's the thing it's all or nothing oh, I, it reminds me i did uh i was randomly on ebay and i saw that someone bought one of the first run and is selling it for 90 dollars on ebay right now I'm a little annoyed about that but yeah but that's the plague of of vinyl releases though if you if you yeah. do well with your releases just know that your the value of your record is basically either going to double or triple instantaneously it was pretty cool to see, I guess. But. Did you get your own copy? Did they send you a copy at least? Yeah, they sent me a few. I have one for myself, and I sent a couple to the collaborators on the album, like uh, Baldacaster and uh, Fashionista Boyfriend. That's awesome. Our boy David. Yeah. Yeah. So you're pretty tight with Jonas and David Tonebox. Yeah, we're all, we're all very good friends. And I love that about the scene too. Boys club. Boys club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, has there been any talk or, and I suppose you, this would be tight lipped. Has there been at least been discussion of maybe doing splits or doing a collaboration in a larger scale than just a few tracks? Um, well, I've 
personally talked with Jonas uh, several times about doing like a an entire like collab EP, and at one point we were even trying for an album, but that kind of fell through. It's like, um, what if you guys became a super group? <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. But yeah, I definitely would like to get something going with all three of us. So that would be an interesting collab, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you've had a lot of downtime. You've kind of talked a little bit before the show that you've been working on new music. Um, yeah. Is there, are you just kind of working on it, letting things kind of come together? Or do you have like a, a concept you're working towards? Are we, can we expect um, another release here this year, early next year? Well, right now I'm just kind of like trying to finish my demos and then putting them together and see how they sound like one after another. So I'm hoping to have an album, an album's worth of music by the end of the year. Uh, but, you know, I'm really bad with deadlines, so we'll see if <laughs> I can make it by then. And, like, with time not really existing, it's kind of hard. Yeah, exactly. It's how do you even... I mean, yeah, are you working on your own time? Are you the master of your own destiny when it comes to this? Uh, I mean, I'm not the best in, like, making myself work every day. I just kind of, like, <laughs> go at it when I'm feeling it, I guess. It's probably the best way to go about it. Because I mean, yeah. I would look at it as like if I was doing a, a release, if I knew how to make music, I would say like when I'm ready, I'll get it done and I'll release it. I'm not gonna, you know, pressure myself with anything. I don't yeah, know. I'm kind of just saying a... I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mindset is I like don't really want to like force myself to finish by a certain time if I'm not really like feeling it. Respect. The music's probably just not going to be that good. So uh, what I'm really curious about uh, getting into is, is talk about your journey into how Lucy in Disguise came about. Um, well, I mean, I started electronic music back in like 2012 or something. And for a couple of years, I wasn't really doing anything special. I hate to admit it, but I was kind of making like dubstep in the beginning. <laughs> and then um, probably a couple years later, I saw, well, I saw the movie Drive and then I got really inspired by that Kavinsky song that most synthwave artists get inspired by. And I kind of just went from there. And then I started getting into like Calm Trues and people like that and just tried to replicate some of the things they do. That pretty much mimics my journey into it except for the actual making of music part but yeah calm trues was a big thing for me getting started out drive of course huge thing for a lot of people most of the people we've talked to have also said the same thing yeah and i guess uh i also started buying a lot of like hardware synthesizers which kind of uh helped i guess define my sound nowadays yeah but before that you know i've been in some live bands too like mostly playing bass and stuff and that's something i'm trying to add to my music lately too what uh, some, like what kind of music were you doing before this uh mostly like in terms of like live music it was mostly like punk metal kind of stuff it, it wasn't very good so. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean would you say it's kind of like the thing like when you're young and you've got angst and energy you kind of maybe gravitate towards punk metal kind of stuff and yeah like when i was in high school and middle school i grew up listening to punk and stuff like that so that's kind of where my inspiration was at the time and yeah i guess eventually too i just kind of got over working in a larger group because it was hard to get anything done so i just started like producing stuff on my own yeah that seems to be a pretty common a common thing and i and i actually had a thought call me crazy if you want but it seems like crazy yeah, crazy. Uh, it seems like the people may, that maybe have a little more drive and energy or creative juice who want to create music, synthwave, electronic music provides them the outlet to get rid of the constraints of having to like rely on a bunch of other people. Because being a band is hard because you're, yeah. you're dealing with like people's creative input, their own work ethic, their own tastes and stuff like that. And and just the chemistry of the people in the band. And if you've got enough kind of like gumption, you can just do everything yourself. It's like, 
Toxic Holocaust does everything himself, right? That that guy? Joel Grind? Yeah, he does just about everything. Unless he's actually touring, playing shows, he'll do all the parts, yeah. So, I mean, there's some people that have stayed within the metal genre and do everything themselves. But it's been a pretty common thing that, you know, people we've talked to where it's like, hey, I was in a band and it was annoying and I got tired of waiting around, so I did this thing. Yeah, I mean... Bands can definitely work out if there's the right chemistry, but I never found that. So, you know, you're talking about Drive being um, one of your your influences. Like, what else drove you? Did you have any kind of like... <laughs> what else drove you? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Thank you very much. Uh, like, did you like rely on like things as a kid that you were influenced by were you like were movies a big part of growing up for you yeah actually when i was growing up when i was younger my dad would show me all these old like action 80s movies like you know escape from la escape from new york and things like that like john carpenter and stuff so i think that definitely played a role in you know wanting to get into this genre what influenced you more escape from new york or escape from la (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like the theme from Escape from New York. I think that's the one. I haven't seen it in ages, so. Okay. Good. But it's the music that mostly got me. I, you know, it's amazing that uh, an entire genre of music seems to have sprung from one person's film scores. It still flabbergasts me. Like, the more people we talk to, like, yeah, John Carpenter. Like, okay, I I guess I could have called that. So... Um, Escape from New York, obviously, did you, I mean, did you gravitate more towards horror or did you grab action movies or science fiction? There seems to be so much. I guess, uh, more science fiction, like, you know, Blade Runner's another all-time favorite. Um, obviously the score for that is great. Vangelis is a big influence. Uh, kind of blanking on other movies that I watched back in those times, but. Commando. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like more like you've kind of synthesized. Oh, there you go again. Boom. Uh, synthesized maybe more like nostalgia and feeling into what you currently do instead of being like actively like revisiting all of this stuff. Cause you know, it seems like some people like watch that stuff all the time, you know, watch the old movies and, and, yeah. and collect, you know, actively collect, you know, film scores from the eighties. You know, we've got a, a friend who, is huge into waxwork records where he, he collects every soundtrack you can possibly get from a horror movie or science fiction movie where it seems maybe you are a little bit more like you have it there, but you're not necessarily actively going back and listening to it. Maybe is that? No, not so much lately. Um, you know, that stuff's an influence, but I try and like do something a little bit different just build off it, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm not like trying to completely replicate any of those uh, sounds or styles from back then. Which I think is the, is the the right way to go. So, like, let me ask you this then: Is synthwave for you more the exploration of of that physical hardware and kind of your own feelings, like how? How do you work within the genre? How do you envision it? How do you feel about synthwave? Do you even see yourself as a synthwave artist? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Good question. Um, Not really. I've never really considered myself a synthwave artist. I've just kind of been involved in the scene. It just seems like the right place to uh, promote uh, the stuff I like to make. Um, But I never really set out to, you know, make a synthwave track like, I don't honestly I don't really like a lot of synthwave. It just comes off as cheesy or sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> That's the kind I don't like, so I there you go. on that. Yeah. One. I feel the same. I don't like podcasts and yet here we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think there's definitely uh an aspect where people try to latch on to maybe some of the most superstitious or like um 
like surface kind of thing to synthwave and be like, oh, this is a new thing. I'm just going to, you know, get some saxophone and put that in there and that's going to make it synthwave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I, I said that specifically just to make you cringe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah the, I can't do that, like, saxophone stuff. I mean, I, I, I think it's... Uh, my opinion is that I hope that we, at some point, maybe drop the fascination with the, the 80s nostalgia of the scene and really just focus on the 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 potential of a of the synthesizer you know when they were invented it was basically meant to create whatever sounds you want and and create all of these things and i think maybe in the scene this is maybe one of the better ones to make a whole new genre of music or live up to the potential of an instrument that literally you can do anything on definitely i definitely agree with that um I would definitely like to see it uh, kind of grow into a new genre. I don't know. I mean, there's a bunch of subgenres that are good. You know, Chill Wave, which is one of my favorites. Um, and, uh, you know, Future Funk and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, can you explain to me what Chill Wave is? I don't really listen um, to it so much. <laughs> it's like shit that you chill out with. And it's wavy. <laughs> Yeah, I guess pretty much anything you hear on electronic gens. Think I like say. I would say the to use a word you used before synthesis <laughs> of perhaps like more towards the vapor wave type thing. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I think there's there's some crossover there. Cuz like my I guess for me like I like dark synth or dark wave maybe main uh, well, i don't know i like some like classic synthwave stuff and then i you know like but i'm not really in the chill wave and i'm not really vapor wave and outrun unless it like is more like kavinsky's sort of deal that he did yeah he did that like once a long time ago <laughs> right yeah what well, well he's only had one album 2011, I think, is when Outrun came out, and that I, I don't think he's released anything since, as far as I know. Uh, I think he has some one-off singles and stuff. I think. I mean, I'm not really sure. So maybe he realizes that he's stuck in like the justice problem. It's like I released this album, and it was so good that if I do anything else, it's just going to be bad. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. I thought I did hear talks that there was going to be a new album by him, but don't for sure. Yeah. On Instagram, he's posting photos of him in the studio. But also how much would that fucking scare you? If you were that person, if you were Kavinsky and everyone was like, we are looking forward to your next album. And you're like, shit. Everyone has to be a lot of pressure. (laughs) Everyone thinks this has to be the greatest fucking thing ever because everyone's in love with the first album I released. The fuck do I do? I would oh, I would crumple and I would never release anything again if that happened to me. <laughs> here's here's my opinion though. People really only like the one track. I like the tracks on that album that nobody likes. Yeah, me too. I think that album's great. But if anyone talks about Kavinsky, they love giving him shit because I think Night Call was co-written by one of the Daft Punk guys. Yeah, and uh, I, I forget which one. So like, and uh, yeah, how do you like? "Mm, Daft Punk helped me with this. Now what do I do? (laughs) Get get him back. Kill myself? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I think he got probably more help on that album than just that. I think he jumped from like acting to producing pretty quickly. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious. Regardless, but I really like. I mean, do you like French? touch is that something that because it's, it's sort of adjacent to synth wave it's not necessarily yeah i mean that was my foot in the pool really yeah yeah i love all that stuff like pretty much most of the artists on like ed banger sebastian and uh who else there are very many myd was... um cassius it's another yeah. good one yeah, what they're doing is... Sebastian would be on top of my list with Justice, though. 
Mr. Ohio. Yeah, I think I think it's actually rumored that Sebastian helped produce a lot of Justice's first album. And like if you listen to Sebastian's first album and that album, you can see the or hear the similarities. But I don't know if that's confirmed or not. So are you so it sounds like you've got a bit of a discerning ear. Do you consider yourself like a like a a, a technician? if you will, of making Synthwave? Like, do you really get into the the production and the mastering and, and all of that aspect of the making the music? Or is that kind of like, where is your kind of like interest goes with that? Um, I just, I guess, like just sound design with synthesis and just producing everything the best I can. And then, you know, I'll have someone master it. That's something I've never been able to do. Um, yeah, I guess my biggest thing is just programming synthesizers. Is that your preferred thing, working on an, a real synthesizer? Yeah, I much prefer hardware over software. I mean, I use software a lot, but uh, for the most part, I just track down my synthesizers. Do you have a favorite piece of gear that you love using? Um, Lately... My go-tos have been the OB6 and the Hydrosynth, which I just got uh, like a month ago. So I've been uh, bonding with that pretty well. Hmm. Getting a lot of new ideas down. I like that you said things that I don't know what they are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, the Hydrosynth is pretty fresh. Like it just came out a couple months ago. It's it's a much better answer than like Juno. (laughs) <laughs> that's it. oh yeah i mean i would love to have a juno but they're expensive and a little scared of vintage gear there is a big risk involved with that it's like you can yeah, either that's... get a good deal and be able to fix it or you know service it and have plenty of use for many years out of it or you get yourself into something and you're completely fucked yeah yeah <clears throat> i mean if i serviced gear i'd probably consider it more but i'd I'm not good at that. A buddy of ours who collects vintage gear, I swear to God, he spends most of the time his shit is in the shop getting repaired than he does actually using it. Maybe that's like owning a Harley, though. That's part of the appeal. It's like, oh, you got to work on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, got to do this. (laughs) Yeah, it does seem like a similar investment. And the other other common synth I think people uh, refer as the the Prophet Six, because that's like the yeah. classic uh, perturbator sound. Yeah, totally. Um, there's the Prophet A2 that a lot of people use, which I used to have, but uh, sold it and got the OB6, which is by the same company, Dave Smith. Gotcha. Interesting. So why why did you sell one and get the other? What was the the draw? Um, I guess. I mean, both both of these synthesizers can make, uh, I guess, they each have their own character, I, I should say, and I just preferred how the OB6 sounded and aligns more with you know the kind of sounds I like to use. That makes sense. It's a thing. You, so, like for you, like, and that's because it, it's interesting because I've I played around with a few of this. I've always used you know. Uh, VSTs basically and so I don't I've really never gotten to know like it sounds like that synthesizers have their own character their own kind of way that they function and sound or things that they produce and it seems like you definitely have a preference from one thing to another yeah I mean you can probably replicate something similar on one synth um, as opposed to another uh but yeah, I mean, I guess I mean a lot of them are different in that they some can only do like one note at a time, so you can just make like bass stuff for it with it. Like my Moog subfabies, basically all it's good for. And then like the OB6, I can make actual chords and pads. So there's one difference. So there's yeah okay. So if there's like a um functionality difference and maybe a challenge to it are you like 
happy with the challenge of working with synths? Does that inspire you? Do you like go in and just like mess around with stuff and try to find new things that speak to you? Yeah. And also, you know, adding new effects and stuff uh, helps inspire, like sometimes using running it through some pedals or uh, some new effect DSTs. Um, but it is inspiring just, you know, starting from scratch on the sound and just seeing where it goes. But I also do use presets sometimes too and just kind of adjust those to my liking. Oh yeah, like I'll, I'll like record a progression in Ableton and then send it to this uh, whatever synth I'm using and then just kind of adjust the knobs for like an hour or something. <laughs> it's so I got I got bad respect for you because MIDI is a is a skill set and and a, a level of patience you have to have I think to work with it because it could be a pain in the ass to yeah totally. patch all uh, your stuff and and log it and map it and like like some people like label all their chords and and you know like have all this like notation on the keyboards of like what patches to use to plug into what thing i mean i don't think i go to those lengths but i have a system down that works for me have uh, you ever found a sound and you were like this is great and then you couldn't figure out how to reproduce it later <laughs> yeah there's been a couple times where I like forgot to save the preset on the synth and then I'm like, wait, how do I do that? I forgot how to make that. Um, which definitely gets frustrating, but I've learned to just constantly save, save, save. And like, what's for you, like, how do you translate what you do in the studio to a live performance? Cause obviously you perform live, you were performing live uh, clearly before the pandemic what has been your like process for that um so my setup's pretty much changed <laughs> like every time i played a show like i'll play a show and then go home and be like all right i want to change this and that but for the most part i got a template down in ableton where i'll, I'll have like the kick bass uh leads and pads all on their own separate tracks and then i'll kind of layer those individual sounds like over the next song to kind of blend them together um so i guess kind of like a dj set then i'll have i'll cut out some things from my studio songs and then uh do those live on a synth i usually bring at least one or two when i play live yeah i mean that i think that's that's a pretty fair and good setup because how the hell do you you need a band to reproduce everything yeah there's no way it's way better than just hitting the space bar yeah i appreciate that thank you for for adding some spice into your performances. Yeah, thank you. It just it makes it funner for me because I'm not the kind of person that can just stand up there and hype up the crowd. You know, I have to have something to do for them to look at. Right. So you're not throwing cakes into the crowd or no dancing. throwing cakes not. into the crowd. Yeah, that's Steve Aoki. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one. Here's, here's a cake. Yeah, so he'll take a sheet cake, and he basically gets on stage and he jumps up and down. And then he throws a sheet cake into the crowd. Like, that's a thing he's known for. I once saw yeah. Horse the Band play, and somebody in the audience ordered them a huge plate of nachos. And when it came up front, the dude singing grabbed the plate of nachos, lifted it up in the air, and then smashed it on the head of the person <laughs> in the crowd right in front of him. Oh, that shit was wild. <laughs> that would have been a a sad waste of nachos. I would smash that play while I was yeah, on that, stage. That's a sacrilege. Seriously. But I guess you got to pick and choose your battles. I don't know. Indeed. A great performance or a great plate of nachos. I don't know. <laughs> that's really funny. So have you, um, I mean, has there been talks about kind of re reviving live performances is there anything out there in the wind for you in the future or are you is everything literally just on a holding pattern right now um i was gonna do a live stream set here in portland but i've been having some laptop issues so i'm kind of putting that on hold for now until i can figure this out um but uh i think at the least i might try doing some sort of stream set remotely from my studio. Um, I mean, and other than that, there's just really 
no telling when <laughs> I'll be able to play an actual show again. I mean, that's wild. I've been seeing Laserpunk post Instagram stories like at live shows, and it's like, what's going on over in Europe right now? Oh, dude. Europe? I don't know what the fuck is going on because I was looking at like Carbon Killer and Laserpunk are friends. They were posting pictures of people like shoulder to shoulder fucking packed in these live venues. And it's just like, what is going on? In... That's happening right now? It's happening yeah. right now. He just played a live wow. set with Carbon Killer maybe a day or two ago. Like big shows. What? Like people are there. And it's just like, I know the U.S. is fucked up right now. Like it is fucked up here. Yeah. But that doesn't sound like a good idea at no, all. No, that doesn't seem like a wise thing to be doing right now. <laughs> but Laser Punk performed live again when he said he wasn't gonna. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, and, I forgot about that. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, he, uh, what he said that he wanted to retire because he couldn't give it his all or give it the. He, he just wanted to stop because he felt like his live performances, he wasn't, you know, fulfilling the potential that he felt that he should be. Okay. But maybe now is the time. I don't fucking know. I don't think this is the time for that. Yeah, he yeah, showed... Uh, there was an artist that was doing a whole bunch of visual effects for him in the background. So, you, like, the the feed that I saw of a carbon killer was... Um, he had, like, these laser display, like, stuff behind him going crazy. And then he was going nuts, too. But that's, you know... Did you just blast into a beer? Oh, no, I just opened a beer. <laughs> Good, good that sounded oh, wait, like you that, fucking blasted uh, into I get it. it. <laughs> I get it loud. <laughs> Took me a second. <laughs> right on. Um, so, as you said, like a little bit earlier, like you don't really listen to a lot of synthwave, which is understandable. Um, is there any a particular groups that you follow, or you just you know stick to the stuff that you listened to before? Or? How does that work for you? What kind of musics do you like? Yeah, what kind of things do you like? Um, it's uh, kind of varies. Um, lately, I've really been liking uh, Rival Consoles. They have a new EP out that's really good. Um, more like, uh, I guess you can call it IDM. I don't know, experimental electronic. Is it an intelligent uh, dance music? Is it that? Yeah, like... it seems like a kind of a pretentious name for a genre but yeah that's what uh i think isn't it what like square pusher and yeah apex, like twin? apex twin yeah pretty much anyone on warp um and uh yeah mount kimby has been a favorite lately too uh kind of been liking those indie vibes lately it's like half half you know synthesizers half live instruments which is what i really like uh kind of trying to do some stuff like that on my own lately. Yeah, because I saw in one of your your little uh, Instagram stories or feeds, I saw a guitar in the background of one of your swipes. I yeah, think. yeah. I have a guitar and bass. Um, mostly been recording bass lately, but um, I'm planning to record more like guitar too. I'm just, I'm not that good, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So um, I just have to drain it with delay and reverb, and it'll sound all right. I mean, just that's it... what I—that was my fault, my problem. I never did any of those. <laughs> Wait, didn't you play in a metal band? Yes. What? Did you put distortion on? Just you? distortion and lots of that fucking shit. <laughs> uh, in your opinion, who's killing it right now? Like, you know, in the. I mean, besides yourself, obviously, selling your yeah. record very quickly. Yeah, but obviously, listen, I'm just looking for an endorsement for other people to follow, maybe. Um, well, uh, I'm going to have to say Baldacaster for one. I've been hearing his, he's been showing me his new stuff coming out, and I'm Fuck really yeah. excited to see that. I'll back you up on that one. Mm -hmm. I and, might not uh, have had access to the newer stuff, but I am a big fan. Yeah, he's got some great things in store for the next several months, so. Glad to see him roll those out. Um, um, other than that, I'd have to say 
I I mean, I'll, I'll say Tonebox too because we've been uh, he's been showing me some new stuff too. That's I'm really excited to see come out, and we have another collab coming out on this uh, upcoming EP. Um, but that whole EP just seems different and fresh to me for his style. I'll so back you up on look that out one for that. Too. Big tone box fan right here in this chair that I'm sitting in. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean his uh, Cloud Highway was absolutely spectacular. Uh, yeah. His remix on the uh, Kuma Two remixes. Spicy. Oh yeah, <laughs> spicy. Killed it on that remix. Oh wow. I think he remixed the Power Glove song. I believe. Yes. Love Power like Glove. here's one way. Take Power Glove song. It's amazing. Yeah, it's powerful. How do you make it better? Tone box it. There you go. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he seems to like, like, there's a few artists, like, in the scene that seem to fly under the radar a little bit. Like, they're they're kind of known, but they're not, they're not necessarily attention seekers. They're not, like, the Ollie Rides right. or the Ninas in the, in the space. But, man, number one, do they work with everyone or master everyone's shit, or remix everyone's shit, or, you know, like, something else. That, like, you feel their presence in throughout, the, like, really great releases. And, like, obviously, Jonas is one of those folks that yeah, really, you know, like, works with people and really helps people move forward in the scene and their, their own shit, their own journey, what they want to do. So, like... You know, obviously, a mad respect, and he's a win best winner like us. So, uh, I got respect for that because I think he's like in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, or something like that. So, yep, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I've actually kind of talked with him about maybe myself moving out there eventually, but we'll see. Wisconsin's a weird place. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I know. I visited about a year and a half ago or something. It was much different than anything i had experienced lots of cheese curds yeah yeah <laughs> yep and unpasteurized beer yeah <laughs> yeah beer you can't sell out of the state because of that maybe i don't know i'm not yeah. a beer person but i think there's some weird law new glarus i know their shit spotted whatever you can't get it's yeah and people make a big deal out of it so apparently there's a thing with the usda uh to sell things across state lines cheeses beers things like that they have to be pasteurized um that's why if you ever talk to anyone european there's like fuck american cheese because it's disgusting because they don't pasteurize their cheeses and they're not all yellow so that's another thing that you know i could tell you cheese stories about (laughs) someone i know that has to do with that like this is all right we're uh we're going off the tracks with this story because i'm gonna fucking tell it to you right now i'm excited i used to know this motherfucker and i don't like him anymore i don't have anything to do with him he's a piece of shit he was a huge liar but you're talking about i clearly remember going to a place with him and he complained about the nachos because this place was like an authentic place that used, you know, quote unquote authentic stuff like queso fresco, that kind of thing. Cheese. Cheese that isn't like bright fucking yellow, like fake yellow. And he lost his shit. He was like, they put fake cheese on my nachos. Like, this is not okay. This is disgusting. And I was like, hold up, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> People put coloring in cheese to make it that bright yellow. And believe it or not, that's the stuff that's not really the real cheese. Like this white color that your cheese is, that's more natural than anything you're ever going to see. And he made the biggest stink out of it. And it's just like, no, no, that's not it. He's not a Yelp reviewer, is he? Because Jesus, no, he's what a, not. Is a Yelp terrorist. Jesus. there's more to it but that was the cliff notes version and fuck that guy is basically all i have to say about it i appreciate cheese in many of its forms but i would never complain about the color of it nor the texture nor anything else when i'm going to a place and buying things except when i know that it truly is fake like if you went to the 
a movie theater if you remember those places oh, yeah what's yeah. that if you remember and get the nachos there where it's just like oil really not real cheese and they're like here's your nachos here's your cheese flavoring i'm all fired up now i'm worked up I, about cheese god damn <laughs> we should move into something else that is going to interest kyle a lot because i want to talk about portland a little bit i'm talking about cheese i'm very interested right now i don't know what to talk about we're, we're gonna but we're gonna talk about another thing you're really interested in and it's food i want to talk about the food scene in portland food scene yeah well what? the food cart scene is huge here food blast us right oh. yeah i want to get kyle real revved up right now yes because i'm not already real revved up right now <laughs> I've I've been to Portland, love it, uh, and it is a very unique city. And the like, there's a whole like, was it like two city blocks of food carts or food trucks? Yeah, like just yeah, all there's the, several areas like that around here that I like to frequent. And an especially good Mexican food cart just down the street that I go to like every other day now. It seems like. That would be right up my alley. How how is the food truck scene right now? I mean, is has the Rona and the the riots affected that? And yeah, and that too, or just you know, is it is that something that's still easily accessible? Is it something that you know might be more difficult to get? Um, it seems like it's still just as easy uh, to get to. Um, they don't seem to be affected really i think um a lot of their business probably comes from like you know grubhub and uber eats and stuff like that but that's uh, fucking crazy like i'm gonna have uber eats go get me a food truck food that's blowing my mind right now i really feel like maybe now is the environment where the food truck will really shine Mm -hmm. because you're not going to a place to eat something you're just right. getting it and then you're going but i never even considered the idea of having a third party company go pick something up from a food truck then deliver it to your ass like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i feel like i time. am like scumbag supreme like i am a shitty piece of shit <laughs> but i don't think i would ever like stop and think for a second and be like boy i really want this food truck i'm gonna have somebody go to this food truck and get something for me and bring it back oh man so, yes eric you are right like now i'm really involved and really like what the fuck is going on but like surprisingly though a lot of these you know food cart areas have like you know outdoor seating where you can still sit and eat um yeah. not that i do that but yeah, it's a little. It gets a little sketch because like, there's like a little weird off corner that you can like huddle sometimes, and that's, yeah, those. And, I mean, I went to one a few weeks ago, and I was surprised at how many people were out there. I was like, okay, I'm I'm not doing this again. And then you been know. there, done that recently. Ooh, I was I was sitting for my brother who lives way out in the suburbs here of Minnesota. And I went to do a pickup order from a Mexican restaurant, which he got me a gift card from, which inconveniently enough didn't let you use a gift card on their website when doing a to-go order. And when I went there to pick it up, like all the staff that worked there had their mask around the bottom of their chin. Like they weren't wearing it. Oh, Jesus. Nobody who was in there was wearing their mask and they were like giving hugs to people who worked there and shit. And I was like, what did I get myself into? Oh, I I was waiting outside and I was like, I don't want anything to do with anything fucking going on in here. Just like put my food on the ground right there and then (laughs) I'll get it and I'll get out of here. It was crazy. So food trucks, food truck. That's the thing. It's big. That's what Portland's kind of known for. Now, do you, I mean, is that? Are you a foodie yourself? Not really. Just, I mean, food's um, really important to us here. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yes and no. I mean, um, I indulge often when my roommates are going out for food. And like, oh, do you want to go get this barbecue place? And like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So most of the food stuff I've found here is through them. Otherwise, I just 
you know, make something at home or order in. How do you feel about Taco Bell? <laughs> I hate Taco Bell. I don't think I've eaten there in like 10 years. Wow. There's just so many good taquerias around my area, though. So. Yeah, how do you even really compete? I mean, if you, you like, anywhere you go out there, there's you have access to great tacos. Oh, yeah. Street it's tacos all over the place. Listen, Eric. <laughs> I have access to good tacos around here. True. Yet, <laughs> I won't deny Taco Bell. <laughs> There's still something about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I do, I do get those cravings every once in a while, but I haven't followed through on them yet. Got to make a run for the border every now and again. <laughs> True that. Not me. Even though they've taken all like a bunch of good shit off the menu, bastards. But nobody cares here that I'm talking to right now. <laughs> no, not at all. Not one. <laughs> so you in listener land, if you agree with me, then you know, but these guys don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, have you, like, what are some things that, like, you know, from uh, Portland that you would say, like, people need to come and see and experience? Like, what are the things that, you like, are quintessentially Portland in your mind? Hmm. Kyle McLaughlin's the mayor. So <laughs> Portlandia. Yeah. I guess right now people come here for the protests and riots. Um, other, you know, there's a, you know, I don't get out a lot aside from going to shows. So, which isn't I'm, an option right now. Um, I'm jealous. I wish that were my life. <laughs> not going anywhere. Yeah. And playing Ghost of Shishima. Yes. <laughs> I've been meaning to play that, but it's um, fucking amazing. All right, we're derailing the show right now to talk about Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've been meaning to play it. You should play it. I have been playing it all my free time has been invested in this game. Which is all a lot of, of free it, time. Which is a lot. I'm about two thirds of the way through the game. I promise you this game is like 100 hours plus. I'm down with it. And it's amazing. It's the most beautiful looking 3D game I've ever played. There is a mode in this game specifically for taking screenshots of what's going on because they know how beautiful this game is. And not only is it just like beautiful looking, but the game itself out of this world. 10 out of 10. I get it. And I haven't even finished it. Wow. You have to play it. And you have to understand, for people that are listening, Kyle hates everything. I hate everything. And I'm a huge gamer, and I love games, and I like all kinds of games. But? This, it's, yes, this is, this is it. Like, yeah. I can say for sure I woke up this morning, and I was like, today is not it. And it wasn't. <laughs> but when I got Ghost of Tsushima, and I got I was like, this is it, and it is it. Wow. Kind of selling me on it. Honestly, I haven't touched my PS4 since I built my PC like a month ago. I've just been gaming on that, but I think I'll jump back into it maybe tonight. What do you what do you enjoy on your PC? What's what's Pornhub? (laughs) (laughs) Nah, PC was too expensive for that. Screw with that. But uh in terms of gaming, I've been playing Diablo every day. Um um just I got the Xbox Game Pass, so I've been you know downloading all of that stuff like Age of Empire. Uh, I played that almost through Outer Worlds, and yeah, Diablo's pretty much been taking up most of my time for the last two weeks. <laughs> like the original Diablo, or like Diablo oh Diablo three. Okay. You and my brother have a lot to talk about then because, like, he keeps talking to me about this game. I'm like, didn't that come out, like, 10 years ago? Like, when did that game come out? You know what? I was going to ask, like, was there a new one released? (laughs) No, it's, Uh, like, the same one. I just didn't get into it until, like, a couple weeks ago. I just loafed it, I guess. There's, like, there's, like, seasons or something. I forget. There's, like, yeah, I still don't quite understand it. Uh, My roommates kind of walk me through it a little bit still, but. It's basically like Pornhub because all you do is grind. There's a reason much. for this. Nice. 
Yeah, it's fun though. It's like a it's kind of like Destiny in a sense, but funner. I don't know. I prefer it. I don't. I've never played it's more funner. Yeah, more fun. <laughs> more fun, better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've just you know, I. I mean, do you, do you play Destiny? Is that kind of a, a thing that you're into, or like? I used to play it quite a bit, but it's it gets very repetitive. Um, you know, it's like Diablo, where you have to like grind for new gear and stuff. But Destiny is just... yet you're having fun playing Diablo and not Destiny anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Destiny just gets old for me super quick. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, it's amazing how a, a game like that tends to have this super long life i mean you think about like grand theft auto 5 that game is going to be released on three console generations yeah that's insane to me i was just thinking about how like fantasy star online on the dreamcast like people made their own server after they closed the server for that game to continue playing it so it's just like if there's something people will find a way People are playing the original Doom game still online. So, Jesus. So, Steven, have you checked out High Score on Netflix yet? Uh, I have not. So, uh, number one, the theme song and the music is made by Power Glove. Oh, so really? that's something to check out. That's... And then it kind of go it goes through the basically the history of video games from the very oh, very beginning you know what uh, my, to... room, my roommate was actually just watching that i was popping in and out i didn't realize that was what you were talking about yeah it's re- I, i've really i mean i knew a lot of the stuff but i think they do just do a really good job and kyle will be mad because they basically leave out like any of the interesting Japanese stuff, like Neo Geo, is not mentioned at all. Well, that's you know, it was this is just the first season, and they only had a handful of episodes, so there right. can be more. Indeed, it, it ended abruptly. I feel like the, the, there there is a lot more to cover. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hope that they make another season. I really enjoyed the the series and what they did with it, but you know, it's basically like a a layman's. Uh, coverage of the history of video games with the people that were there doing it so i thought you know some of the stuff was really done well and again power glove doing sweet shit so you can't complain about that yeah yeah i'll definitely check that out netflix really has like the i was gonna say like they got your dick and they're like jacking you off with the retro gaming stuff. I, you know, uh, I thought about maybe not saying it but i said it. i'm glad you said it like they, they've got one person on the left and one person on the right and they've got their dick and they're just like oh like you really are getting it but like with high score of the show and with high score girl, the anime, they're like, do you remember old video games? Well, get ready because we're going to fucking just blast you off here. Uh. If you haven't seen high score girl and you like anime, you should check that or out. Or you like, it's like if you like anime, if you like video, if you were a kid in the 90s growing up and liked video games, this is like. It's cranking you just like to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> and we did a whole show on that on our old show uh, about that about that show on Netflix. But yes, they and I think they've got three seasons now, and I'm not sure if they're through the the whole series because there's not that much manga for that actually. From what I've come to the understanding, it's like 26 volumes, and that's it. I think so far, but. Check that out on Netflix. You can only find it on Netflix, I believe. I think it's a Netflix exclusive, yes. Now, Stephen, do you like anime? I mean, um, we're going to put that out. We're, <laughs> we're going to go real weeb on you. I'll be honest. I've never really gotten into anime. That's fair. That's fair. It's a thing. It's probably best for your social life. <laughs> <laughs> What's social life? <laughs> it's, even And still... Head of the game. Uh, it's best for the productivity you have for making music. That's what it's best for. Because you, you go down that rabbit hole, it's fucking over. Okay. Well, now I'm kind of intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this yeah. thing. Don't do it. Do... do it. <laughs> Let me guide you. <laughs> I'll help you. It's okay. 
It's okay. Kyle will hold so, your hand through this journey. Baby okay, boy, cool. I have you. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take this journey. Well, I mean, have you seen things like Akira or Ghost in the Shell or any of those kinds? I mean, those, yeah, those seem kind of like, this is on the verge of mainstream crossing over. I want to say somebody used one of those as like a background video at one of my shows, but that's pretty much oh everybody did as that far I can I've assure seen. you that but I have heard of it heard of them I I'm kind of like really envious of you because like there's this whole thing in the world and you don't even know about it like you're aware that it exists but you don't really know the full extent of how amazing it is yeah I get to still discover it for the first time I guess you get to have that like newborn joy of discovering a thing for the first time and i'm so jealous well shoot i'm kind of excited to give this a go yeah i mean there's so much stuff and it's hard because like there's a lot of trash anime out there like admittedly it's just like anything else there's a lot of trash in everything you're i guess into. that's part of but why there's... i haven't like really tried to get into it because it just seems overwhelming how much there is out there and I think like there's a whole thing with like with anime and manga that you you have to overcome a cultural understanding. Like you really have to become familiar with how they interpret like American culture or other history and all how like all the things make sense in that culture because like you see things and like you know like you're an American so you're certain things mean a certain way etc and in japan it's like completely different so like you're learning a completely different customs basically and why like there's a lot of themes that are kind of seem ridiculous to us but like once you understand it it's like oh okay it makes sense because it's japanese culture and that's kind of what they they're about like one of the like the overarching themes is always like unrequited like love interests like the dude or the girl never like hook up ever in anime. Like it's just like this yearning. And then it just always ends there. Incel. Incel. Like they are the originators of incels. There's a whole <laughs> culture of incels. Kind of. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. okay. But it's men and women. I'm sorry if you're listening, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> incels. But there's really cool series. If I were to Kyle, if you're to, if if someone have never seen any anime, so they 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 don't know Japanese culture, they don't know what what would be something that would depending on the person, how they feel, if I were to say this is the thing, it would probably be Ninja Scroll, but if they're like not cool with people getting fucking killed and shit then i i would probably be like yeah it's maybe not for you don't look at no anime (laughs) (laughs) no anime you would even go with uh oh fuck i can't uh spirited away guy i I can't miyazaki and that's like he hates like anime and otaku people and i feel like his shit doesn't apply to them that's more like disney stuff so I don't even consider that really anime. Like it's on its own separate thing. Like here is a different thing. Like you've got your American Disney stuff, you've got your Japanese stuff, and then there's like Miyazaki stuff. So I'd put it on a whole different okay plane of existence. Okay. I'd be like, are you a girl that like is way emo and shit? Okay, here. Here's Miyazaki. Here's Miyazaki for you. <laughs> Right on. All right. Any other questions for Steven while we got him here? This is our opportunity. I feel like you just put me on the spot. Yeah, I did. I don't know. So, Steven. What's your favorite pickle? (laughs) Um, None of them. That was from, we had a little discussion before the show. (laughs) That's why I brought that back. Pickle Rick? Looping things. Pickle Rick. Uh, Kyle here doesn't watch Rick and Morty. Uh, I watched it. I did. And uh, I maybe laughed out loud once. I was like, this is like way too try hard. 
uh, it had to grow on me. I didn't like it at first, but after rewatching it ten times, it started to become funny. Or maybe I was just going crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I do like the memes of the people making fun of the pickle Rick thing, so I can appreciate that. Okay. I saw someone do a pickle Rick version of Piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> From Dragon Ball Z, for people that are, they did a Dragon Ball Z thing, and they did the whole the the turban thing and his shoulder pad cape thing. Wimbly, this guy's a fucking genius, but believe it or not, he turned himself into a Namek. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Um, Stephen, what do you have uh, that you want to shout out while you're here? Pimp your stuff. Pimp your stuff. This is your opportunity. Well, I know. This probably isn't coming out for a while, but I have a new single coming out tomorrow on a compilation album from a fixed neon. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Not much else coming up <laughs> aside from a. You've got, you've got music brewing. We don't know when that's going to come. Yeah, it's brewing. Uh, I think eventually it'll turn into an album, but um, we'll see how long that takes. Uh, for those that are listening, I think we could you could still find your first album. Um, I know that Laser Steel had copies of it. I think their store was down the last time I checked. Had copies of um, Unknown Frequency? Your, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I... Oh, you mean Time Slave uh, or... So Laser Steel, that record company started off as a U.S. distributor for Time Slave and Electric Purification, and maybe one other one. And the last time I checked, Jeff is the guy that runs that label. He had um, some of copies of your album still left for sale in the United States. Oh, okay. I didn't. Um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, last time I checked, I don't know how that works. I don't know if he sent it back or what the deal is. Um, again, last time I checked, which was like a week and a half ago, his storefront was down because now he's turned into a, a legitimate record company where he's releasing uh, artists of his own. Um, I don't know where else you could find that, but obviously Spotify, please check the stuff out. You've got some, you know, great collaborations out there. Um, and then we'll all hope one day that we can go to live shows again. Yeah. Hopefully we can make this show in the twin cities happen at some point in time. Yes. So for those that are listening, uh, we're closely associated with nitro wave TC, which is uh, if you're a local Minnesota, closely associated with, we are, <laughs> we are part of it. Why well, I, I wanted to be like, you know, not like, you know, whatever about Toot it. your own horn. Go on. <laughs> so anyways, we were part of Nitro Wave TC. And uh, so for those that are looking for the local Minneapolis synthwave scene, once COVID subsides, that'll start back up again. And we originally had a show with Lucy here. And we'll start that up uh, again whenever we're physically allowed, which might not be until the middle of next year. Who knows how that works? Ever. Ever again. So, um, but yeah. I miss live shows, man. Tell me about I it. You too. Man, it really, like, there was a lot of good stuff lined up that I was, like, super pumped for. And, like, I've yet to see Carpenter Root live. Like, that's, like, to me, like, a, a, it. I want to meet girls. Yeah. I forget. Me too. Yeah, you're going to get married. It doesn't matter yeah. to you. I'm getting married, so, like, I, you know, I'm not interested in those things anymore. Sad times, man. (laughs) No, great times. But yeah, going out live shows, man, I miss that. And that's one of the things I loved about love about the scene is that we uh, the live shows are just a special component uh, of what we're doing and and interacting with the artists and and the people there. Man, I you know I've never made we had such great plans, such great plans, and made such great friends. Yeah, I feel like every time I would go to to or play a show i would make like 10 new friends like at synthwave shows and whatnot yeah there's you know there's some haters out there that think this you know that are of the of the opinion that synthwave is is toxic i have uh, yet to necessarily see it 
uh, I won't go into details, but I, I mean, I've dealt with some people. That might be close to you in proximity to your location, maybe in a, a state up above you, maybe? Yeah, I would say somewhere in the general vicinity of the West Coast. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's an interesting, I would say, I would argue that that's more of a personal thing and less of a uh, endemic uh, scene thing. I mean, uh, regional, maybe not personal. <laughs> it re- I, okay, I'll, I'll zoom back out regional area of things i will not go don't with. have that problem in our region <laughs> true that i wouldn't say it's a personal thing i'm sure everyone would hate me but <laughs> anyways i i really i don't have anything else um i really appreciate you coming on i'm really happy that we're able to get this to to work yeah, um, yeah. i'm excited to hear you know number one i'm excited to get the second pressing of your record uh that'll be coming out do you have an idea? Are you even allowed to even kind of say a general time frame? Uh, I don't think it really matters. Uh, I didn't get, they didn't give me like a set release date, but I did hear about a week ago that the second pressing was next on the quo to be pressed. So uh, should be pretty soon-ish. Yeah. Maybe a month okay, or so. so. Yeah. So and this year sometime... Second pressing for those that didn't get it, but uh, get it. I'll make Obviously. sure once I find out, I'll be sure to blast that on, you know, social media so people know exactly what time it'll be available and whatnot. Good. I don't want to miss it. Yeah, because I like I just kick myself. It's like the Magnetron thing, the Magnetron three thing. Like that was torment for me all day long. Because like I literally told Kyle, I'm like, hey, Magnetron three is out. He's like, oh shit, you got it. And then when I went to go buy it, it was sold out. And then I refreshed it, and then they had a copy, but I couldn't get it because it stalled out. And by the end of the day, I was finally able to get a copy of that damn record. Oh, man, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> here, here, Here's the release that has to be a bundle. Oh, it's sold out. Nah, later today at a random time, here's the thing where you can just buy the record. Fuck that. I'm upset. Why does this show turn into every time me complaining about new retro? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Because they're the biggest uh, company in our scene. God, pretty much. That's why. Fucking just. Mm. Tell me how you really feel. I am upset. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. And this is going to come back to us. It's going to come back at one yeah, point. Yeah, we're going to get. I know. We're, I mean. The only blowback we've ever had, as in the previous show that we did, we put someone on blast who owned a liquor store, and he came back to us and gave us shit for giving him shit. And now he doesn't own the liquor store anymore, and I'm pissed. Like, who are these people, and why is this guy not here anymore? So it doesn't even matter. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, thanks you know, for again, having please, me. Please, loosely in disguise, uh, I'm sure you're available most places for all your fine streaming services. Oh, yeah, it should be and, just about anyone you can think of. And uh, My preferred title, you're on there. I know that for sure. All right, there you go. Title for those that are of the high-fidelity uh, group. Anyways, till next time, this is Eric. This is Kyle. Thanks, Steven. All right, thank you. Take care. You Okay.